Welcome to Cinescapism, the podcast by two friends who love to talk about the movies. I'm Kendra. Hi, I'm Anthony. Hi, Anthony. Hi, Kendra. How's it going? Uh, fine. Do you want to say it or should I say it? Say it. <laughs> it's been 84 years. And I can still smell the fresh paint. Oh. <laughs> So I can love I. Titanic. Oh, it, but it really has been 84 years or yeah. mainly two months, three I months. Bet people just like are sort of starving to hear what we have to say. Well, they must be. I mean, I would be, wouldn't you? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, maybe. I've been waiting to hear us for I really three miss months. chatting to you. Yeah, me too. I miss chatting with you as well. Oh, so you so, went back home. Yeah, we've been on, like, extended summer slash partial fall break here, so we'll call it, like, our midsummer break. Um, I went back <laughs> home to California for a couple of weeks with Robbie, and we saw my parents and stayed in small town, you know, northern California, did all the fun things of, like, going to see all the local historical sites that I went to in fourth grade and didn't care about at the time, but now I find them really interesting. And we went up to Lake Tahoe and ate a lot of food and got some sunshine and it was very nice. It looked beautiful. I love the photos. Oh, and also I got you. a chance to have a virtual tour of your parents' house, which was very nice. Thanks for that. <laughs> yes, I'll tell I'll tell my mom that you approved of, of the house. I think she'll be it happy. Looked, it looked so clean as well. <laughs> Yes, it is always clean. That's my mom. So. Com comparing to my place, it's like... <laughs> well, compared to my place as well. Hmm. Oh, and then after that... And then the week after we came home, which was end of September, I purchased a major Laurence Olivier ephemera collection from an elderly gentleman in London called Richard Mangan. And it's a collection of like 30 binders full of original photos and playbills and newspaper cuttings and everything relating to Laurence Olivier's life and career. So it's really substantial and I'm, I'm so excited because it's something that I had kind of had in the back of my mind for about 10 years. And I remember when I first met Richard and saw his stuff, which is when I was kind of doing research for what would become um, Vivian Lee, an intimate portrait, which is the book that I wrote in 2013. Um, and he gave me some pictures to use for the book and I got to go to his house and sort of sift through everything. And at the time I just remember saying, you know, like, what are you gonna do with all of this stuff at some <laughs> point? Which every collector I think kind of thinks about in the back of their mind and he said, Oh, that he was probably um, looking to sell it at some point. I probably said like, oh, you know, well, if you want to give it to me, I'll take it, you know? <laughs> and he said, he was just probably just like awkward cricket silence, you know? <laughs> anyway, so 10 years later, um, I put it in offer for it and he accepted it. So I bought it and I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited. It looks amazing and sounds amazing. I can't wait to go over and... and look at it with you you need to come over and see it i will i promise obviously i know i, I, know I keep saying I, i'm gonna come and visit but i actually will come and visit oh good <laughs> one i can't of these wait days. <laughs> <laughs> one of these days um what have you been up to i've been doing some writing i mean this 
quite a lot of like the sec not secretive but like yeah top secret projects but things that are not yet in place so i don't really want to sort of talk about them but yeah i mean i've been working on a couple of different projects that i'm currently waiting to hear back from various people so as soon as i know anything more i will share with the world <laughs> hmm. oh that sounds fun well i can't wait to hear more about it well you shall but oh, other good. than that, nothing really. I mean, sort of working. I haven't been on any exciting holidays, unfortunately. Oh. Well, to be fair, that was my one big holiday of the year, going to California. <laughs> so it's not like I've been to, like, any fancy European destinations. No. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Next year. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. I it would be lovely to do some more stuff, research trips as well, and go back to Hollywood and look for the oh, I know, for the Academy and all that, all the archives. But yeah. we'll see. Well, well see. next time you get a book deal, you'll definitely have to go. Yes, I will, and you should oh, come with me. So... Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. My that my buddy, <laughs> <laughs> your research buddy. Yeah, I mean, I need all the advice I can get, and you're amazing at research. Thank you. So are you. Yes, but you're better. <laughs> no, I'm not. I just like to do it like for fun. You basically um, have an archive at your house right now. <laughs> I literally do have an archive at my house. Yeah. But it's it's one of those, it's an unprocessed archive as of right now. So I'm just working on like getting um, like archival boxes and sleeves for photos and everything like that. But I've started a Patreon for it through vivinlarry.com which mm, has yeah, been that. really helpful so far. So I put in my first order of boxes and photo sleeves, and I'm just waiting for those to come so I can kind of start getting them out of these old binders and putting them in proper storage. Yes. So I'm really excited about that. <laughs> I mean, you really know how to, to handle this stuff. So people help Kendra, definitely, because help she will me. take care of it. Yes. The, well, the, if you are interested in the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash Viv and Larry which means Vivian Lee and Laurence Olivier. And uh, you can just find it under my name, I guess. I'm not really sure how it works. But um, yeah, I give away really cool things for our patrons. You can either pay $2 a month or $10 a month and get all sorts of free, I guess, sort of free goodies in return. But yeah, it's Aww. it's great for fans. So um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's doing well so far, I think. So that's always Congrats. exciting. Congrats. No, that's a, a really, a really worthy endeavor, I think. Thank you. Aww. Well, we've got Halloween coming up, so we thought today the theme of our podcast would be all the things that scare us on the big and small screens. Yes, <laughs> yes. We're going to start off by talking about the scariest films that we've seen. So, Anthony, I want to know what the, what scary films you like or what, what films really scared you over the years. <laughs> well, I mean, I actually do. I love scary films, but um, I really like films that sort of scare you in a very psychological sense rather than... I don't really like sort of the blood and gore type uh -huh, that, uh -huh. very much. But, um, I mean, currently living in... 2K18, the reality of our time is did almost you, more scary 2K, than... 2K18? I did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm so okay, cool and down with cool the kids. <laughs> down with the lingo. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, it seems like like watching the news is almost most more scary than any film you can possibly think of. That is I true. Know, I don't know if you think feel the same way, but it's I don't oh know. oh I do. I don't really <laughs> watch the news that much, but I do read the internet a lot. Yeah, so. exactly. I mean, even like you like my YouTube feed is basically just like little clips from CNN all the time, like what Trump said, oh, and it's God. like uh, Jesus. Uh, it's like a national. I feel like I've been living in some kind of like somnambulant kind of nightmare for the yeah. past two years. Like not to get super political on here, but anyone who follows me on social media already knows my political stance so let's just say that yeah it's been it's been rough it's been yeah. rough yeah i agree mm. <laughs> wow. it's so, yeah it's really global because obviously living in in england you've got the whole brexit nightmare at the moment yeah like no one knows what's going on it's just crazy you know what a lot of this stuff is though i feel like it's just people did not think this through they voted for it like oh yeah that sounds good and there's no plan put in place yeah they did i mean but, the, the yeah. thing is people didn't really know what they were voting for like no so and people who voted for donald trump and were like oh he'll you know they'll make him presidential like bitch has that happened <laughs> No, you know, it's, no, it hasn't happened. He'll bring the revolution right He'll away. Bring, uh, Susan Sir, did. Oh God, okay, yeah. I mean, he, I yeah, love he Susan, did. but that was not her proudest moment. No. Hey, and hey, uh, someone sent a bomb to Hillary and to I Barack know. Obama today. So, I know. What but, a time to be alive. Yeah, but back to scary movies. <laughs> back to scary movies. Wow. Okay, so we're gonna talk about cinema today. We're not talking about, not talking about politics anymore. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. So back to so films that scared me. I don't know. I mean, I really love films. As I said, sort of more psychological horror than physical horror. So I love The Haunting, the original Haunting from 1963. I believe it is. Uh huh. Um. I love Rosemary's Baby, obviously. Yeah. I really like Don't Look Now. Which Don't I Look Now is, is so good. Oh my gosh, that's so film. creepy. Yeah. But just talking about The Haunting, which um, currently kind of is back in the conversation because there's a new Netflix show called The Haunting of Hill House, which is based on the original... Well, I'm saying it's based on the original Shelley Jackson novel, which... Just for the record, it's not based on the novel or the or the original film. It's like it has completely nothing to do with either. It's like very, very loosely based, which really annoyed mm. me when I started watching it because as someone who really loves the original film, I find this whole trend, which is currently kind of in place on basing, in inverted commas, you know, shows on books or films, but actually just maybe taking one or two character names and like a very loose... Sort of a few ideas from the original and then completely changing it I don't really like that I feel like either come up with something original or be more faithful to, to you know the original I don't know mm-hmm. it just feels like rape of the original material to me so I couldn't actually watch the new show even though the reviews have been so good I would uh, urge everyone to go and watch the, f- the original um, film first before they praise the show <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen this new show, but I watched the trailer and I thought it looked really cheesy. So it's I don't very know. I mean, I don't want to say it again, but I will. It's very 2K18. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Is Trump in it? 
No, no, that's American Horror Story. Like the last season oh, yeah. was Cult, which had like the whole election and post-election, which actually I, I thought was really interesting. I didn't watch that one either. <laughs> but I guess we'll get to TV later. Um, yeah. That's so what is it films. about what is it about the haunting that you think is scarier? What is it that appeals to you? Um. Well, I watched it as a kid when I was sort of growing up and watching it on TCM at night and didn't actually scare me, I have to say. It was just, I found it very stylish and very kind of interesting and beautifully made. And I really loved Claire Bloom in it, which like, this is where my fascination with Claire Bloom started. Uh And um, I didn't really know who she was. I just thought that she was like really beautiful and really interesting looking. And um, Julie Harris, who plays the other female lead, was really good in it as well. But I, I wasn't particularly scared by it, so I was very surprised later when I found out that people say that it's one of the scariest films of all time. And when I actually I went to Wales with my friend, Abby, and I took a DVD of The Haunting with me, and it was like we were staying in this like house in the middle of nowhere. Um, it was very, very dark, and I that put it on. That sounds fun. And she was so scared that she couldn't even like look at the TV. She would like, turn around and was like, Anthony, what's happening? I can't do this. And I was like... <laughs> Nothing is happening. I really, I still don't get why people are so scared because it's one of those films that nothing really happens. Like you hear things and like things are suggested, but you never really see anything. You see people reacting to things, which I find so interesting. And obviously the acting has to be really on point, which it is in this film. So I don't know. I yeah. love it. And it's, and it's quite similar, I think, in Don't Look Now. Like only at the beginning and at the end, we really see things explicitly but throughout the film you don't really see anything it's just the atmosphere is so unsettling and um i just i really like films that do that yeah um i also like psychological (laughs) films i agree with you that i don't really like i don't like um very violent horror films or like gory i don't like a lot of blood and guts i don't like this Mm. kind of like revenge porn kind of stuff i don't know like i'm thinking of films by someone like eli roth that came out in like the mid 2000s so was that film hostel do you remember that one Oh yeah, I didn't, and Cabin I didn't in the Woods. I oh, that. I thought those were absolute shit. Like they were just so <clears throat> in your face, shock gore kind of thing, and like no plot. And I just thought it was, you know, it was it's so very exploitative. I think it's so exploitative. It was so overdone, and it was just like, why is this happening? Is this the only way you can get thrills from people? Is to show all this blood and guts? I hate that. I am. I mean, I don't really. I wouldn't say I don't like slasher films. I two of the scariest films I've ever seen are slasher films, but <laughs> I like films that are kind of a little more psychological like Silence of the Lambs, I think is a great film, but yeah. I wouldn't necessarily class that as a horror film. It's more like a psychological thriller. Um but it does have have to do with like true crime and the psychology of serial killers and everything, which I find really interesting. Um, So when I talk about scary films or when I watch scary films, I mean, I'll kind of watch like whatever people say is good that's on Netflix, but there are two films that, that I've seen in my lifetime that really scared me and stuck with me. And, and I'm one of these people who, when I was a kid, my brother and I used to walk into town to the local video store and rent like all the horror movies 
you know, I think this is a cool thing when you're 12 and the people behind the counter would be like, um, you have to be 17 to rent this. And we'd be like, oh, our mom's out in the car. It's okay, you know? <laughs> so we come home with like all the 80s Stephen King films like Leprechaun and, you know, Friday the 13th and Pet Cemetery. Well, Friday the 13th is not Stephen King, but, you know, those type of 80s just like yeah. really weird films. Um, but the things that scared me the most, the first was Halloween, the John Carpenter film from 1974, I think it was, which I just rewatched the other day. But um, for some reason, the character of Michael Myers like traumatized me when I was growing up and I had recurring nightmares for literally years about that film. <laughs> it scared me so much. Um, there's just, it, it's so weird too, because that's such a low budget film. And it's very basic, the way it's made and the plot and everything. But there's something about that guy's William Shatner mask that just really <laughs> creeped me out. And I remember specifically, like, watching it on TV one night, one Halloween night when I was younger. And just being so, like, disturbed by it. And at my parents' house, because they live, like, out in the woods, it's very dark at night yeah. there's no like neighboring lights or no street lamps or anything it's very dark it's like pitch black and the way their house is laid out like they have this open kitchen with this counter that looks out into the open living room so if i'd like get up in the middle of the night and need a glass of water or something i have to walk out into the kitchen and i would get like freaked out because there's a scene in the film halloween which, if you guys haven't seen it, stars Jamie Lee Curtis uh, kind of filling in the shoes of her mom, Janet Lee, who is in Psycho. So, like, she's, like, the original final girl, and then Jamie Lee Curtis is, like, the epitome of 1970s final girl. And there's this scene where Michael Myers, the killer, is in her house, and he's tried to, like, get her when she's, like, hiding in the closet, you know, and she, like, stabs him in the eye with a coat hanger, and he falls over. Okay? And so she gets out of the closet... And she, like, walks around him because she thinks he's unconscious or dead or I don't know what she thinks. But then she's, like, standing in the door and the camera shows her. And then you see in the back, she's, like, freaking out. And then in the background, Michael Myers just, like, sits up all of a sudden. And that scene scared me so much because <laughs> when I went out to get a glass of water at my parents' house, I could, like, picture... Michael Myers just sitting up behind the couch and like oh coming to get me. I was like so scared. I was just like, oh my God, I have to like go back to bed. I was very impressionable. Yeah, well, I was scared of literally everything when I was a child. Like until yes. I was maybe 12, I was scared of everything. Like whatever I watched, and it didn't have to be a horror film. I would like, like go a comedy, to sleep. like, oh. Maybe not a comedy, <laughs> but like, I don't know, like things really scared me. I remember when um, Princess Diana died in 1997 yeah. so I was 10 and yeah. I was scared to like go to sleep for days after that I, it was just like oh. this weird fear of I don't know what just like death really scared me and like yeah things like the, everything scared me and I don't know I was just really I was one of those kids that was like I had to have the light on otherwise oh. I wouldn't go to sleep yeah. like, I was very 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 a very scared child but I don't know. Then when I but it didn't really have to do with horror films. When I started watching horror films as a teenager, 
I watched, as I say, a lot of films that weren't pretty, like, they weren't sort of, like, jumpy, screamy, mm-hmm. scary. Like, The Shining, I remember very well as well, which I oh, loved yeah. again. That's it's a great film. About, it's so good, and, like, the tension just builds up really gradually and really slowly, and it kind of creeps out. You don't really, you don't really notice that you're getting progressively more scared throughout, because there's no, like, jumpy moments, but, like, when you get to the end, you like you realize, oh my god, I've just been really, really tense for like two hours. Um, it's a really traumatic film. I think Jack Nicholson and um, Shelley Duvall are so good in that movie. But the are. thing is that I I used to read Stephen King books like in high school. I was really like into reading those, and I read The Shining. And Stanley Kubrick's film version is so different from the book, so I don't really consider it like a true adaptation. It's kind of its own entity. Yeah, because the book is just off the rails, you know. <laughs> I never actually but, read the book, so I don't know. It's quite good. I really like Stephen King's writing. I think he's he's very good at writing those scary things in there. Um, I actually had to stop reading his books at one point in high school because I got so like unnerved by. I remember specifically, I read you know like the classic ones like um, Firestarter and. Pet yeah. Cemetery and The Shining. And there's one book I read, or I read about <clears throat> half of it. It was a very thick book called Needful Things. Um, and it just scared me so much I had to put it down. I was just like, I can't with this anymore. I'm just really freaked out by it. Wow. So, yeah. Stephen King. Yeah. He was great. I mean, he is great. I mean, I love, obviously, films that aren't horrors like Stand By Me is one of my favorite films oh, of all yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, and Shawshank Redemption. That's good, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. And Misery yeah. is very good as well. Misery is, misery, misery is really scary, I think. It's not, is it a, would you classify it as a horror film? I don't know. I mean, more like a psychological horror. Yeah, I think Kathy Bates oh takes it to that level. Yeah. Kathy, she's amazing. Yeah. That's, I love what he does film. with writers as well. Like I love the, how writers are part of his world so much. Like yeah. obviously in Stand by Me and also in The Shining, it's like really funny because the other day I was working on something um, at my desk and Tony came in and I was like, "Can I like get you a cup of tea?" And I was like, "Ugh, you just like interrupted me." And also, so I just like found this clip where Jack Nicholson gets really angry with Charlie yeah. Duvall. It's like, every time you enter the room and you interrupt my concentration, it was like such a great, like, And then did he- you start typing all work and no play makes Anthony a dull boy? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. You just have like a stack of papers next to your computer that just says it over and over. So oh, get dear. the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Jack Nicholson, I think, is scary in and of himself, so he was really, really His good face in that role. It's so creepy. It's I the know. eyebrows. Yeah, he's a, he's creepy. Oh but my god, really and remember good. that scene where he like sits the son down on the on the bed and like starts telling him like I would never do anything to hurt you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love you. It's so creepy. Oh, I'm like, oh it's my god, so creepy. Stop it. I yeah. felt really bad for the kid because like if I were sitting on that bed as a child, I would like freak out <laughs> well no wonder he was talking to his finger the entire time <laughs> red rum red rum so creepy <laughs> oh my god um what other stephen king films do you like um what else is there 
So I think one of the best ones, at least for me, and probably a lot of people would argue against it, is Pet Cemetery from the eighties. Have seen you seen it. that one? No. Oh, well, they've apparently remade it, and the remake is oh. coming out soon. Of course. Um, with John Lithgow as the old guy, but Pet Cemetery to me is like it's a well, it's a ghost story. And it's about mm-hmm. um, this family who moves to some random town in the middle of nowhere. I think it's in Maine, probably, where Stephen King sets a lot of his stories. But they move to this town, and there's a um, a pet cemetery up in the woods, like up in the hill behind their house, where kids like go and bury their dead pets and whatever. But the thing that it turns out to be is that it's an old Indian burial ground. And of uh. course... Once you bury things in the Indian burial ground, they come back to life as, like, zombies. And so all these things happen to this family, and they all come back to life. And it's just, like, it's really creepy. But um, I think it's, yeah, it's the kind of horror where you're just like, oh, I know this is not, like, real, so it never happened, you know? But it's just very unsettling. And there's a cat in it called Churchill that looks just like Lulu. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) And he's a zombie cat. Spoilers. Oh no, and so, you're home yeah. alone with your cat now, With my Kendra. zombie cat? <laughs> Good luck to you. She's like, <laughs> Oh my god, speaking of, like, burial grounds and, like, uh, have you seen the poltergeist? The poltergeist? Yeah. Yes. That's really scary. That's scary. That's Actually, a that scared one. me as a child. Mm. Because, obviously, part of the, of the plot is kids having to go to sleep and being really scared of the dark and I was like yeah that's Mm. me (laughs) yeah Uh, and that film doesn't make it any better obviously (laughs) no I thought The Exorcist was really good I've seen that a few times I I only saw it as an adult yeah 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 me too but I remember when I was little my mom being like oh The Exorcist is so scary when it came out and then I watched it I was like you know what this is pretty scary you're right, Mom. It is. <laughs> it is. Like, the whole notion of, like, being possessed is quite scary. Yeah. Especially for someone who's, like, brought up Catholic. It's like... Oh, yeah. It's actually... Yeah. Re- like, Catholics actually believe that it's a real thing, so... <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah, they've done a lot of exor- exorcism films. I feel like that's its own horror subgenre. Mm. The exorcism film. I'm trying to think of other things. Okay, so the other film that I think is so, so, so scary is the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Toby Hooper film from the 70s. Oh, God, that's another one of Which is just, like, it's loosely based, as many films are, on a real-life murderer called Ed Gein, who's from Wisconsin, and he is someone who... I think he did murder a few people in real life, but he was just very, he was a very strange guy who lived in a house with his overbearing mother. Um, So if you think of films like Psycho, Psycho is also loosely based on Ed Gein. Silence of the Lambs, Buffalo Bill is loosely Mm -hmm. based on Ed Gein. And Ed Gein was someone who was a very disturbed like individual and he dug up dead bodies from the local cemetery and made like, jewelry and household like lampshades and furniture out of these people's bones and skin and this happened nearby to where my mom grew up in wisconsin and i remember her telling me that you know when it happened which i think was in the 1960s and she said that a friend of hers told people at school 
that after Ed Gein was arrested and they they found like a list of people's names and that her mom or someone was on that list and I was like oh my god that's so scary that probably didn't happen you know but it's just one of those like local legend kind of things but anyway what? Texas a Chainsaw a list of people to be killed I guess so or people to dig up in the cemetery I don't know uh. who knows it's it's not it's probably not true but Texas Chainsaw is loosely based on Ed Gein and it's just it's so low budget but it's so disturbing so the premise is that these people who are like going on a road trip in the 1970s and their car breaks down and they end up basically going to this old farmhouse out in the middle of nowhere and I think it's Texas and there's just like really weird like yeah like hillbilly people that live there but also one of the people that live there is named Leatherface <laughs> and it turns out that they like this family like butchers people and they're all really weird and Leatherface has like a human skin face mask and he How just nice. like murders people with a chainsaw and I, it was like so scary when I was, I was like oh my god what is this really creepy thing <sighs> yeah it was very just like oh Jesus you know but that's what I think about. Like, I think those low-budget films that are more suggestive than they are showing of violence and gore are a lot scarier than the ones mm. that are just, like, in your face, you know? And there's also something about this sort of makeshift handheld camera almost, like, yes. really realistic. Because it makes you feel like it can really happen. Yeah. Whereas I'm trying to think of, like, do you watch like newer horror films have you seen any good newer ones i saw um hereditary recently i saw that one too did you like it um i don't know actually that really disturbed me it was really disturbing i didn't expect it to be so like ugh i don't know mm. but then the ending i found quite ridiculous so, like by the time it me got to too. the end i was like i mean come on no it, i feel like a lot of these films, like, they're going really, really well until the very end when it's just, like... Yes! That's how I okay. feel about horror. Like, my challenge is, can you sustain... And, like, can you end a horror film with, without me being, like, oh, come on. Without it so delving into the, cheese. Yeah, so many of them, like, have really ridiculous endings when you're, like, no. This could not, like... So Well, I, I have to say that hereditary because I'd read all the reviews and everyone was like raving about it they're like this is the scariest film in so long and I was like oh good you know so a couple of my work colleagues and I went to go see it one day after work at the cinema and mm-hmm. I the whole way through I was just like I've seen this movie before and you know what it's called Rosemary's Baby thank you very much spoiler alert but it's you just know not as good not nearly as good it's, it was just like, uh, I, I thought Tony, Tony Collette was so good in that, though. <laughs> well, Tony she did Collette what she could good. with the role, I mean, or more than she could. So, yeah, all yeah. credit to her. But I thought the script was, was just uh, tired. Yeah. The other people and that I saw it with didn't like it either. No. I mean, when also people say greatest scary film, I want to see the greatest scary film. Like, don't <laughs> pull my leg. You know, well, don't it's piss, all just don't piss and tell me it's raining. Reheated ideas from the past. It's like we had what was a mother a couple of years ago, Jennifer Lawrence, and it was the same. It was like, like it wasn't original. It was ridiculous. And yeah, no. 
And I also think it's really sad because a lot of young people or younger people haven't seen the classics, haven't seen Rosemary's Baby, haven't seen, as I said, The Haunting, um, The Innocence. I mean, th- those really great films, even Psycho. Mm. And then they go and see this and they think this is the first time that it's been done. And it's a, it's a real shame. I think people should definitely go back and revisit even like really old ones like the classic Hollywood ones like Dracula I think Mm. you know still holds up today and if you watch those you really see that they were a blueprint for everything that's going on now even like you know TV shows or whatever it's all there so that's why it's so hard for yeah some of my favorite um, classic horror films are silent horror films so like Nosferatu I think is exceptional I think that's a a great film which is based on Bram Stoker's Dracula which is a great story in and of itself Um, Vampire the Carl Tador Dreyer film is really good yeah Um, I'm trying to think of other Cabinet of Mm. Dr. Caligari yes um, and what is that one with Conrad Veidt where he's like a person whose mouth is like slit open like the Joker? What's that one? Oh, he who I don't know. the man who laughs or something like that. Oh yeah. Oh god. Oh, I can't I remember. I'll have to Google it. I haven't seen that. Uh, it's that was pretty good. Um, yeah. But Nosferatu so, is really good. And Nosferatu is a total classic. It's interesting because apparently they they couldn't get rights or they couldn't afford rights to pay. So that's why it's a bit different. And also it's not called oh. Dracula, but Nosferatu because they couldn't call it Dracula. Yes, but it's the same exact story. Yeah. But mm. it's interesting because he is the figure of the vampires a lot. It's just like really repulsive and disgusting. And mm. then when they did the story in Hollywood with um, Bela Lugosi, obviously he becomes this sophisticated, kind of sexy Well, I mean, Gary Oldman in the Francis Ford Coppola version, like, yow, yow, you know, he's really hot. I mean, not though, not when he's like old and aged, but when he's like got his long curly hair and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Actually, when I was at at uni, I wrote this whole essay about like the sexualization of Dracula and vampirism and how it's like a sexy concept to people. Like, obviously, you've got the whole... Um, biting bit which is <laughs> yes. quite sexy the whole act of like biting and sucking is I, I suppose quite sexy but if you read the original book the Bram Stoker uh-huh. book the figure of the vampire isn't sexy or attractive at all he's sort of old and creepy so it's definitely a, a cinematic invention to make the vampire sexy and sexual I read that book in high school and loved it Mm, it's like one of those beautiful Victorian I love like gothic everything anything Mm, gothic yeah me too actually Robbie and I went to Whitby on Saturday which is a coastal town in the northeast of England it's this beautiful 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 town right on it's got a little harbor and it goes out to the North Sea and they've got great fish and chips but (laughs) what's really the big thing about it is the ruins of Whitby Abbey which are just above the town And Bram Stoker, when he was, I think, I read he was, um, like, the financial, not advisor, but someone who looked after the finances for, I think it was Henry Irving, the actor. Yeah. And so he was in Whitby for a while, and he would sit and look across the harbor to the ruins of the abbey up on the hill. And there's a really, there's a Victorian cemetery right on the cliff edge that looks out to the sea, 
with the abbey ruins behind it. It's so it's like the epitome of the gothic image. And he used to sit there and that's where he got the inspiration for Dracula. So huh. it's actually based in Whitby, a lot of it. So it's um, yeah. that's like where the ship comes in and everything and you can totally picture it when you go there today. It's like it's an amazing place. Oh, really wow. beautiful. So, is that your new profile picture? Yes, that's me looking out to sea. <laughs> it looks amazing. Oh, thank you. Children of the night. Children of the night. <laughs> What music so they make. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, I do... Oh, wait, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say that I do love those old black and white sort of universal horror films and also even later ones like um have you seen the cat people and like the curse of the cat people are those hammer horror films no no they're like universal films from the 40s oh no i haven't seen those they're again they're quite like b-movie like but they're really really kind of i love the atmosphere even though they're not really scary when you watch them today but like just Mm -hmm. for the aesthetic i would watch it and also the monster films from the 50s mm. like the monster from the black lagoon and all that like yeah it's really interesting oh. to see how like the horror films evolved and also how they reflected the times so like mm-hmm. whatever it was that people were scared of in a particular period of time they would sort of find their way into a horror genre like today even and i think obviously because tv is bigger now but like we mentioned already like the american horror story the whole election thing found its mm-hmm. way and i don't know it's it's just interesting how people's fears always are reflected in horror yeah i have to say that american horror story i try i liked the first three seasons of it and then it kind of petered out for me yeah, but I watched the first couple of episodes of this new season that's on, and and nothing really happened so far. So I kind of just also no, when I was trying to stream it, uh, it kept pausing. <laughs> it kept like buffering, so I had to quit. But it's like um, I really enjoyed the Coven series. I Same. thought that was really Coven good. Coven is my favorite. Coven and obviously, is so good because you know I'm obsessed with Jessica Lang. So uh-huh. obviously I I loved the season that Jessica was in and then when she left after the fourth season it was kind of downhill for me. I still watched a yeah. couple of them, but it's definitely not the same. But she's back this season for well, she she was she did one episode last week. So mm-hmm. it was a big celebration and everyone like the internet kind of exploded a little bit, which was really funny oh. because Ryan Murphy tweeted that um I just told our queen Jessica that she's sure to be trending in an hour or two and she asked me what is this trending (laughs) (laughs) oh good for her for not using the internet so she's she's just too cool for that yeah and then she was trending so even though she didn't know but (laughs) but other than that I don't know I mean I agree with you it's kind of a hit and miss some seasons are better than others but definitely the early ones were were the better ones yeah I think the asylum one was really good Lana Banana that was pretty scary actually it was yeah I have a I have a weird thing about like I I feel like I'm sort of a creepy person like I kind (laughs) of like um macabre kind of thing so like I'm really interested in like old mental asylums abandoned buildings things like that old cemeteries you know things where you can take like really good pictures and it has kind of like a weird unsettling history to Uh it 
Um, like I did my museum studies MA on Victorian psychiatric photography. So <laughs> I'm just kind of like all the like weird stuff. That's very but, asylum. Yes, no, it is. And that's the thing is that one of the, the asylums where these images were taken um, that I did the research on is located in Wakefield, which is just like half an hour down the road from here. And then we have another old asylum just up the street in Menston called i think it's the stanley royd hospital and now it's the now it's like a um housing oh, wow. uh, community Imagine but it's really like in, in the victorian yeah like the victorians they built all these like grand buildings and everything and they have like these weird kind of unsettling histories but now you can just drive by them and be like there's the old lunatic asylum you know so yeah. it's like, <laughs> i'm really interested in that sort of thing the first house that Tony and I shared in London was like next to on one side we had the Highgate Cemetery which is mm-hmm. as you know really creepy and beautiful. I love Highgate Cemetery. And on the other side we had the Whittington like mental hospital as well which has been there since the Victorian times. So it was like yes. a very charged area. <laughs> mm. Lots of orbs in your photos I bet. Oh, <laughs> now I'm gonna go back and look through them just to see. But... Yes, you're like, there's a ghost. There's a ghost. I used to get really creeped out by a um, a show that was on TV in the US when I was small called Unsolved Mysteries. Have you seen that? That, that sounds very you. No, well, it was a really popular show. Um, I think a lot of people my age growing up remember that it was like a double bill on TV. It was like Wednesday nights or something. There'd be Rescue 911 followed by Unsolved Mysteries. And Unsolved Mysteries is or was directly responsible for my fear of the dark because it was narrated by Robert Stack, Mm-hmm. who um, I know was, you know, an actor in the 40s and 50s, and he was quite good looking when he was young, but I, no matter what I watch him in from the olden days, he will never not be the creepy guy from Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> and this this show was like, you know, it deal with like true crime stuff, ghost stories, UFOs, all this weird kind of stuff and it's just like it used to creep me out so much but it's like I would watch it every week anyway and I feel like a lot of people have the same source you can find it still on TV here in the UK but I think it was like with a different host so it's not Robert Stack unfortunately but you can check it out on YouTube I'm sure they've got some episodes I remember they did an episode on the um, the Queen Mary ship that's docked in Long Beach yeah, uh, and how it's supposedly haunted Ooh. And that creeped me out because then I was like, I have to go to the Queen Mary and investigate. Well, actually, and do recently, after we got back from Hollywood, I I like did like a session on YouTube on like the haunted places in Hollywood that like yes. supposedly are still haunted, like the Roosevelt Hotel, and like uh-huh. you can hear all the ghosts of Joan Crawford or Marilyn Monroe or like I don't know. Well, you <laughs> like, know, Joan's haunting that place. Sorry. You know, Joan's haunting that place. <laughs> Well, apparently they were showing you that place that, like, when Joan Crawford first arrived in Hollywood before she was famous and she stayed in this, like, really shabby hotel that the studio put her in. And she lived there for, like, a year. And apparently the building is still there, even though it's not a hotel anymore. But you can apparently still hear Joan Crawford at night, like, whatever it is. Is she, like, (laughs) screaming about wire hangers? Aww. Just kidding, Joan. (laughs) No. I'm kidding. No, 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 no. no. 
Speaking of Joan, actually, whatever happened to Baby Jane is quite scary. I find that I find that film a lot more creepy than scary. Mm, that's an interesting distinction. <laughs> yeah, because scary for me, how I distinguish the two, scary for me entails like jump scares and things like that, you know, where right. like you'll be watching and all of a sudden you jump off the couch. And then creepy for me is just like this unsettling kind of like, ugh, you know, kind of feeling. So oh, for maybe, me, so that's what I concern. Maybe that's what I like. That's what I've been trying to say throughout the whole episode. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I don't really enjoy like jumping or being like because that's just not very nice for the nerves. I don't. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like in the, in Hereditary when like think I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but like there's this particular scene. I think you know which one I mean in the car when something happens yes. to the girl. And yeah. It's like oh my god, that is like just horrible. Yeah, it's I, awful. I did. I did not need to see that. I was like, no. Yeah, I completely agree. I um, much prefer creepy than in that case. Creepy is quite. I like creepy. Like, yeah, when you when you feel like really uncomfortable, but you're not sure why, and like, I, yeah. I like that a lot. I think, but I think some it's more challenging. Do that really well. It's more challenging for the writers, I suppose, and for the filmmakers because it's not it's it's a lot more difficult to to create that rather than Mm -hmm. just it's quite easy to do like a cheap thrills or like Mm -hmm. just being scared because obviously certain things will scare anyone no matter what you do so it's quite easy to create that whereas to create a whole atmosphere and to make someone feel like really uneasy for a sustained period of time i think that's Mm -hmm. more challenging which is why we don't see as many good films horror films nowadays i guess because it's just more difficult yeah, I mean, there's a film that came out a few years ago that I really li- really liked called The Witch. Have you seen that one? Uh, I don't think so. What was it's that about? It's set in, like, um, New England in the 1600s, and it's about this family who's, like, cast out of the community for, I don't remember what reason, but um, <laughs> then, like, all these kind of weird things start happening around them, and... Um, the dad thinks that the daughter is a witch. So it's like based around like the kind of like the days of the Salem witch trials, you know, like the Scarlet uh-huh. Letter and everything. And I thought that was really, really well made. I thought oh, that I was a great film. That. Yeah, you should watch it. That was good. Yeah. I should check um, that out. And I'm trying to like in terms of like creepy films, so I think The Innocence is really creepy yes. with Deborah Carr. She's amazing in that film. Silence of the Lambs is, I think, an exceptional movie. Yeah. Um, And I would say, I also thought that, um, oh, what is the original, the original Hannibal Lecter film? Don't tell me. Manhunter. That's really good. Oh, I didn't even know that Hannibal's not good. So... Silence of the Lambs is a series of books by this guy called Thomas Harris. And... Um, the Sands of the Lambs is like the big one that everyone knows that introduces Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. Um, but yeah. there's a film that was made before this called Manhunter, which also has to do with Hannibal Lecter and the um, the FBI person who tries to catch him. That one's Ooh. from the 80s. It's really good. I would recommend it. Um, I have seen that. Yeah, write that one down. Man- but then also, Man-Hunter. I like really love true crime documentaries. I know you do. Yeah, and books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Did they so, like make you scared or are you just like fascinated to find out? I'm just fascinated. Like I think psychology is really fascinating. Um, I watch like investigation discovery all the time. Like Dateline's my favorite show basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, I just think it's really interesting. Like the whole psychology behind why people do certain things, like what motivates a person to do that? Why are people so like fascinated by like, people like Ted Bundy and stuff like what it's because these people have done heinous incredibly horrible things and yet we still find them like oh well what made them tick you know like it's, it's just really like this this weird kind of dynamic and I, I just find it really interesting um mm. there was a show on Netflix the second season is supposed to come out I think next year but it was called Mindhunter which oh, yeah, is I about that. I mean I didn't watch it I saw it on there yeah so that's about the um, the FBI criminal profiling unit that first uh, sort of coined the term serial killer and started building this kind of checklist of traits that uh, certain people would possess to become a serial killer and it would help the FBI track down possible suspects by being able to identify things that they've done and like these these weird things in their lives and everything. So that's really good. That's on Netflix. Mm. That's um it's it's a fictional like it's a, it's a biopic series basically. So it's not right. like a true Doc crime, Q. but it is based on true story. So, yeah. And you've also been watching Making of a Murder. Making a Murderer is one of the best true crime documentaries <laughs> Netflix has ever put out. The first wow. season came out a couple of years ago. Robbie and I binged it. It was it just like had me fuming because it's about um the broken justice system in America. Like no matter how much we think, oh, it's all good. Everything, everyone that goes to jail is like they deserve to be there. That's not always the case. Like you see a ton of people, you know, being found out later through DNA evidence that they didn't actually commit these crimes. So they've been in prison for like 20 years, you know? So mm. it's about that. It's about that. A famous case that happened in Wisconsin in the early two thousands. And, um, yeah, it just had me fuming. And then the second series came out last week, and I just finished that tonight. And that is sort of about um, Stephen Avery, who's this guy who's been convicted of murdering this uh, photographer lady. Um, he claims he's innocent. And the, watching the first season, like the whole trial process and everything was, it just seemed to me like a complete screw up sham sort of thing like i just couldn't believe that they convicted this guy based on what they showed of the trial and so the second series is about um really it focuses on stephen avery's post-conviction lawyer trying to overturn the prosecution's case to get him right. out of prison so it's really like a, a deep dive into the american justice system and i i think it's fascinating it sounds really interesting I you should, should watch it, it yeah if you like because i know you like that um the documentary the keepers yes oh i love that that was really interesting and horrifying. that was really yeah netflix does really good true crime documentaries mm. 
No, that was really good. And I, mm. I, I mean, I guess there won't be a second season because what can they really do? Unless they do a different, completely different mm. case. Well, maybe they'll find out who did it. I mean, we kind of know who did it, but... Yeah, we know, but yeah. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Like, everyone knows, and still nothing happened. Mm. That's really... Mm. Ugh, that made me so angry, I remember watching it. Yeah, that one really pissed me off. Um, there's also... I'm trying to think of other really good true crime documentaries... Ken Burns, who's a documentarian from America who did like amazing things like the Civil War, Vietnam, Jazz Age, stuff like that, the Roosevelt's, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. He did a documentary on the Central Park Five, which are these five oh, African Americans yes. went to prison and we're for the back right with murder. Donald Trump again. <laughs> we're not going to talk about him, but that's that's a really great documentary. I would highly recommend it. Oh God, that was such a big case. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that. Oh, wow. I believe it is on Netflix. Okay. Well. Right, so uh, what are you going to dress up as for Halloween? <laughs> I don't know. Spooky I don't vision. Really, I don't really dress up normally, but I like the idea of dressing up, but I never really do. Do you? No. <laughs> I don't know. It would be cool to dress up, though. I'd have to be invited to a party first, like a, a Halloween party, which I never do get invited for. Yeah. So. What are some fun Halloween costumes you've had in the past? I actually have dressed as Dracula. Oh. Which I looked really good. I've got this really cool, like, sort of Victorian-inspired um, silk dressing gown, which you might have seen. Like uh-huh. a kind of like a semi-smoking jacket thing so it looked really good and like you know I I had a period of time when I was obsessed with silk scarves which I'm not Uh anymore but I used to be so I have quite a collection so that and my and my um smoking jacket so I looked pretty creepy I guess oh and I heightened my my eastern European accent to make it more (laughs) creepy (laughs) Children so. of the night. <laughs> <laughs> Listen oh. to them. <laughs> no, I do love Bella Lugosi. Is like I really like him. I don't know why. I think he was so yeah. good in that film. And and apparently he asked to be buried in his cape and his with his fangs and all that. So like I think Bless it's amazing. Him. He really oh. embraced it because he played it on Broadway first. So he was it was a Broadway play before it was a film, and he was really okay. He really embodied it and he embraced it which is nice because a lot of people are sort of annoyed that they get um you know pigeonholed into playing the same character but he actually really loved it so <laughs> oh bless him here's That's to you nice. bella lugosi yeah cheers bella bella <laughs> do you remember when um martin landa won an oscar for playing him in ed wood no in the early 90s that was so cool i believe you but i don't remember that you know that film Ed Wood about like, yes. the worst, <laughs> yeah, the worst filmmaker of all time. Yes. So, yeah. So Martin Landau played Bela Lugosi, and he was really cool and really creepy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um. At the museum where I work, we have the Hammer Horror Makeup Collection, the Ashton and Leakey Collection. So we've got oh. like, oh, the Boris Karloff's face mask. We've got a lot of, like, uh, Christopher Lee's Dracula fangs, things like that. It's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. 
You've yeah. got some amazing stuff at the museum. We have such cool stuff. I want to just like shout it from the mountaintops and tell everyone to come to Bradford. You guys need to come to Bradford if you're into movies. I'm not joking. I know. The I end. mean, I have. Yeah. I have to come over. I mean, at the library, at the British Library, we have some amazing stuff, but oh, yeah. it's mainly, like, one dimension. Like, it's mainly books or documents, whereas you guys have, like, mm-hmm. lots of weird shit. <laughs> we have the camera, the stills camera that Howard Carter, the archaeologist, supposedly used to document King Tut's tomb in situ when he um, discovered it in the 1920s. Oh, or no. 1912, or whenever that happened. But it really just, like it blew my mind because I was so obsessed with ancient Egypt when I was younger. I was just like, I want to be the next Howard Carter and discover King Tut, you know? And to have that camera, I just like, I had a moment because I just found out about it like two weeks ago and I just was like, oh my God. This Did you so see cool. it? Yes. <gasps> wow. Yeah, it's in our stores. It's in the original job. Original uh, carrying box thing. Wow. I like I my job I love your too. job. It's amazing. I'm doing um, research right now on uh, the cinematograph camera that was used by Herbert Ponting to capture the first um, Antarctic journey film when he went with Robert Falcon Scott on the ill-fated voyage of the Terra Nova. So we have that camera in our collection. Oh my God. And I'm, yeah, doing some research on that. Like, why would he take this camera? Um, How was he able to operate it under such cold conditions? Etc. 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 That sounds pretty cool. I mean, yeah. it sounds like Bradford is the place to go. Bradford is the place. It literally used to be called the National Museum for Photography, Film, and Television. So, quite a mouthful. <laughs> now it's just called the National Science and Media Museum. With Kendra Bean. With Kendra Bean. Oh. Trusty collections assistant. <laughs> yes. Sweet. Yes. Right. So I feel like we've covered a lot of ground again, as always. Yeah. So I guess um, for people who are listening to this, we would really like to know what your favorite scary movies are, what movies scare you the most, and why. So you can leave comments on our posts on the uh, website cinescapism.com, or you can tweet us at cinescapism, or you can email us, or you can go on the Facebook page, Cinescapism Podcast. We're everywhere. But we'd love to hear from you guys. So sorry for the long summer break, but we're back in action. So hope yes, you enjoyed we, it. We've got some really cool ideas as well for next episode. So yes. stay tuned. Watch Yay. this space. I know. Oh, so lovely to catch up with you, Kendra. Oh, you too. Oh, so nice. And happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Don't eat any um, cyanide lace pixie sticks or any candy with razor blades in it. Noted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Kendra. Check the candy. Okay, bye, Anthony. Bye. Bye.